Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Courts 96 FM. There's a meeting taking place at City Hall of the key, I hate the term, but we'll use it anyway, stakeholders in this flood alert. Uh, we'll catch up on the most accurate information we can get uh, throughout the morning because there is a real serious warning in place now for this evening and for tonight and for tomorrow night in particular. 21 minutes past six tomorrow morning, Wednesday, is when there's a real danger of some serious flooding in the city. As bad as it was the last time we had a bad flood in the city, which is the last thing businesses and residents and anybody in the city want uh, to be happening a week to Christmas. But I will catch up with the most up-to-date information as we have it during the morning. 1857 the number. The text to WhatsApp 083 396 Your email, opinion at 96fm.ie. Also this morning, I know that hundreds and hundreds, thousands and thousands of parents whose kids will be finishing school next week. Is it the Friday of this week or it's the Monday or Tuesday of next week? They're now wondering what to do about presents for the teacher. The teachers in the last number of years have been going home with sackloads of Yankee candles and small boxes of chocolates and God alone knows what else. But what you hear when you ask around is it's getting a little bit more organised now. And as a result of that, it's getting a little bit more narky between parents. Like collections of money and and -and so-and-so, well, didn't have the money and they didn't pay into the collection. So their name wasn't put on the card for the teacher. Like it's turning into a bit of a business now. It's a bit different than, you know, you brought in, like I said, a box of sweets or a Yankee candle. It's getting into an industry now. And of course, as well as that, it's all sort of or should be all limited by COVID. Like you can't be going around giving presents to the teacher in, in a time of COVID. Or should you or can you or well. That's coming up later on. But first, let's deal with that flooding issue. Uh, one or two businesses very, very worried. They got a bad dose of it the last time and they are very worried about another dose of it. This time, Shane Kennedy is at Diana O'Mahony Jewelers. You were flooded back in October, Shane. Good morning to you. Morning, PJ. How are you keeping? Not too bad. You had a bad time of it the last time. We did. Um, I suppose the worst thing about the last one was um, how close it was to to the last lockdown. It was two days before we had to close our doors for six weeks. So it was one of the days we were hoping to be busy and um, I'm sure we lost half half the day trying to, to clean up after it and get the place dried out so we could start trading again. Yeah. Now you've been told put up your 
protection? Have you got barriers and stuff in place? I don't know if you're familiar with our shop, but we have an old Victorian shop front and we've tried to get different companies in to have a look at it and they've all told us that we can't put a barrier onto it because of the way the the, the doorway is designed. Okay, so okay. What we do and what we've been doing now for the past 40 years is just putting up sandbags at the door and we stay on the other side of the sandbags and we kind of try to bail the water out over the top of them as it seeps through. Oh, really? Yeah. So you just have a doorway that's unsuitable to barriers? Exactly, exactly. And I suppose with it being an old, you're not allowed modernise it, are you? Um, well, from I know we're on some website which says it's a, a property of interest um, yeah. for for Cork City. So we're we're, we're we're kind of hesitant to try to do anything to, to to change the way it looks. I understand. I understand. Yeah, because those barriers they take up a certain shape in the wall, and you need to have a certain type of reveal on the door and yeah. all that kind of thing. Whereas our on one side we it would be suitable for putting on, but on the other side it's it's kind of glass, but it's all shaped as well and old yeah. cornicing going around so it would be near impossible to do it without uh, yeah. some serious renovation. Yeah, which which you can't be going about doing. So you'll be, will you be in tomorrow morning early? We, well, the high tide is expected at 20 past six. Yes. So, like, we'll be putting up our sandbags tonight and we'll be kind of aiming to be in here around half five to be on flood watch. Um, like what we do is we, we we put up the sandbags. In fact, this time round, one of our customers, uh, a guy Billy Black, he's got spick and span dry cleaning out in Glenmire. He actually <laughs> dropped in a flood membrane to us to go with our sandbags. So we're interested to see how this works out this time. Um, there were gel packs as well going around. I think after yeah. the bad floods in two thousand and nine, and and that uh, a big gel pack that that would absorb the water and actually like grow into a massive sandbag. Yeah, yeah we picked. We, 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 we've got a few of those there now, ready to go along with our regular sandbags, and um, we'll be on site here from from early in the morning. But I suppose the thing is, what what we need to do is be ready to to get the clean up started as soon as uh, as soon as that water drops, because we want to be open for business first thing in the morning. Um, so we can't afford we like we can't afford to lose any time tomorrow. Does it frustrate the hell out of you, Shane, that as you're here preparing to be there with sandbags and probably buckets and um, any other kind of accoutrement you need to keep the water out? Does it annoy the hell out of you that there's a a high court battle going on about a flood plan? You know, don't don't even talk to me about that. Like, we I I don't know what's the right answer to it. I don't know is it a flood barrier or is it fixing the walls down on the keys. All I know is we need something, and we need we we, we need those two groups to we need the OPW and the Safe Cork City Gang to actually start talking to one another and to to to, to work it out because, like. The last time we were flooded last in 2014, when all this began, when all the plans for the flood defences began, like that's six years ago, and they're still fighting now. And we've 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 gotten nowhere. Nothing has started. Yeah. Um. And we're here. We're here battling it every time. And every time there's a high tide, we're like on looking at the at the forecast, looking at the wind direction, and just we're, we're petrified that we're going to be destroyed again, and that we're going to have to come in. Like, get out knives, cut up the carpet, dump it, and try to dry out the whole shop every single time there's a high tide. Yeah. And there they are, having a row in the court about it. And there they are. Like, surely one of them could, like, get together. Surely there's something other than a high court case, which has been dragging on for years now, that, that they could do. 
Yeah, it must be desperately frustrating. I know that the last time out, the president of the Business Association, Ona Sullivan, I can only describe him as livid in an interview he gave. Yeah, yeah. Around the time, do you know? And you know what? Like, what happens here, first of all, I'll talk you through through the way it happens. Go ahead. The, the water comes up on the streets, first of all. There, there, there's a drain going all the way down through Winthrop Street. So at a certain height of a tide, the water will actually come up through those drains. But then, like, that'll, that'll come as far as our doorway, but it never gets in the door. But then when there's a storm surge, what happens is the water breaks at Morrison's Island mm-hmm. and a river flows from Morrison's Island down Father Matthew Street, down the South Mall and Tucky Street and down Oliver Plunkett Street and into us. Because we've witnessed it now a few times, that we've been standing on the street and the flood has been okay, we've kept the water at the door, there's no problem. And that wave just flows down the street and just just takes all the businesses out. Yeah. Yeah. And you're looking at it going, there's nothing I can do about this. Oh, there's nothing. There's there's absolutely nothing you can do. And then you're up to your knees in water. Yeah. I can tell it's upsetting. And that you're dreading tomorrow morning. Yeah. As I said, it's it's the last thing you want to see at Christmas. I know. I know. Okay, and listen, I hope, it, I hope it works out. I hope that you're not as bad as, as it might be and, and that you get in there early and get it sorted. And PJ, could I just say one thing as well? There's been a great kind of response, community response as well, every time this happens. Yes. Um, like the last time around, Ken Carey from to- Carey's Tool Hire actually came into us with dehumidifiers and a wet vac. Like before we even had to go contacting people, he was on the phone to us saying, don't worry, I've got you sorted. You're yeah. down for, for equipment and popped into us with that. And as I said, one of our customers dropping in the, the flood membranes. It's just, it's just brilliant. Yeah. And of course, not a hope of insurance at this stage. No, no we yeah. haven't had, had insurance for flooding since the 80s, back in my grandmother's day. Yeah, yeah, okay. Shane, I'll leave you there and I hope, it, I hope it's not as bad as you fear, but I can hear the fear in your voice and the upset in it. Brack is, or Brock rather, is at Badger and Dodo Coffee. You were done out the last time I was at. You were running a new shop then, wasn't it, Badger? Or Brock, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, you can call me Badger if you like. Um, <laughs> yeah, we opened up uh, two and a half months ago and uh, we got a nice welcoming flood there back in October. Mm. So yeah, it, uh, it came in a couple inches uh, and something I'd never had to deal with before. Um, but like I said at the time, you know, uh, we've, we've, we've got Brexit, we've got COVID, a bit of flooding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you know, as, as a straight-talking Aussie, and you must have certain thoughts about this happening time and time again to all the businesses, yours and those around you, and a court battle going on about who's right and who's wrong. Well, yeah, interesting. Uh, you can't really keep the water at bay, and I'm, I, I wouldn't really know what the answer is. Uh, you know, it's the flooding that we get. I'm told is something that happens very rarely. It's something when the tides are right and the wind is coming up the harbour in a southwesterly direction. Yeah, it yeah. will flood on South Mall. So, from my perspective, and the degree of flooding that it is I'm not overly worried about it. I think Cork County Council are doing a good job of alerting people when it's going to happen um, and probably a lot of other local businesses who get a lot worse than me are probably hating me to hear hating to hear me say this but um, 
much, you know, from a country that I come from where you get all sorts of fires and floods. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? You know, you're aware of it. Yeah, what preparations will, will you have to make now, though, for tomorrow? Yeah, I've developed a specific flood barrier just made from heavy wood uh, with rubber around the sides. So I put it in the doorway and I'll tell you on in 24 hours whether or not that works. Um, and I think the council could do a little bit more in the terms of putting a lot more sandbags about the place. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I'm going to get some from today. I'm hoping they will do their bit. I, I just as a new business, there's lots going on. I haven't had a chance to go and get or try to find decent flood bags. They gave us some last time, but yeah. they were disposable, really. You know, you, you use them once and they, they're done. Okay, um, well, well, we'll check that question. We'll be talking to um, one or two of the directors of operations later on this morning, and I'll ask them where a person would go about getting flood bags. It seemed like an easy job to get a, a truckload of soldiers with a load of sandbags and bring them around to you. So. We'll, see well that... I think something like that is a lot easier than building up a big wall around the city centre. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, some sort of a flood barrier across Cork Harbour or whatever the other options are. I think it's something that the, the, the council could keep an eye on and when it does happen, yeah. go drop a bunch of sandbags around and let the businesses, you know, help the businesses look after themselves. Fair point. All right, Brock, good luck with it when it does come. Uh, that's Brock from Badger and Dodo Coffee preparing for the flood, which will arrive, we're told, a tidal surge and strong southeasterly winds forecast for tomorrow morning, 6.21, with the potential to cause significant tidal flooding in the city centre. Now, we are awaiting the outcome of a meeting at City Hall, and after that meeting, we will talk with the Director of Operations, David Joyce, and get an up-to-date picture of what we can expect for tomorrow. 1850-715-996. And I know I'm going to have the Save Cork City people giving out about me this morning, giving out about walls and barriers and the environment and all this. Grand, fine. I appreciate that it means a lot to you. But I imagine to someone like Shane, down in that family business, close to tears at the prospect of it happening again. I'm sure you need to see his side of the story too. 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See motors.ie. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. With your local mace, where you're sure to find a friendly smile this Christmas. Cork's 96FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. You see a tweet there from Mick Barry TV reminding us that today is day 250 of the Debenhams strike. And they're still there. They're still outside the shops while Kevin Foley tries to mediate something between all sides. And Mick is saying they've got to be something done for them before Christmas. Hopefully, hopefully. 1850-715-996. The newspaper's full of COVID stories again today. <laughs> Has been, been the case now for 
the last eight or nine or ten months. This morning we read in the Irish Sun that centralised mass vaccination centres will be set up across the country as part of Ireland's COVID-19 vaccine plan. A report has come back from Michal Martin's task force and that will lay out how to distribute the injections around the country. And I see in another newspaper we should probably be getting into mass vaccinations by the start of the summertime once all of the vulnerable groups, the most vulnerable groups, the most essential vaccinations have gone out. Then the rest of us who are in good, robust health can get our vaccines probably around the summertime. And I'm reading also in other newspapers, the Independent in front of me here, that about this new strain of COVID-19, which is causing serious problems in England now, it is even more contagious. It spreads even faster and even wider than the one we've been dealing with since since March. Ireland is at risk of being struck by a new strain of COVID, which can spread rapidly amid fears it could drive a Christmas and New Year's surge in infection. Now, what we can pick up is that it's not necessarily any way more dangerous than COVID-19 itself. And, and they expect that it will respond to vaccines. They, they, they think, at least at this stage, that it will respond to the vaccines. But for now, it's around and the fear is that it will come here. It's those two issues, I guess, Adam Higgins from the Irish Sun, it, it's those two issues that will dominate cabinet discussions today. Good morning to you. Good morning, PJ, and thanks a million for having me on. Yeah, the the, the big this topic up for discussion today will obviously be this much-anticipated uh, vaccine task force report. So what what's going to be outlined today and what the, the cabinet ministers will debate and discuss will be how the vaccine will be rolled out now next year once once it gets approved for use by the European medical agencies. So what we're looking at is something like the vaccine being distributed from January onwards across five different settings. So it will go to hospitals and nursing homes first. And the nursing home residents are, are obviously among the top priorities, along with the frontline healthcare workers. And special teams will be set up in each hospital that will be sent to their local nursing homes to administer the vaccine. And once the high-risk categories of people are vaccinated, then we're going to start seeing the establishment of these mass vaccination centres. So these are going to be things in maybe big sporting grounds, something like Parky Cueve maybe in Cork or, or the RDS or City West up here in Dublin. We're going to see, that's where the majority of us are going to get our vaccine. So that's where they're hoping that a big demand will come for the vaccine and you'll be able to, they've set up a new system, computer system, where you'll be able to book your, register for your vaccine, book an appointment, book a second appointment if you're, if you need a second jab, because we know the vaccine, the the Pfizer vaccine is is two jabs to, to get out of the way to inoculation. And then as we go through then, GPs and local pharmacies will also play a role at the at the latter end of the vaccination program, which probably won't be until maybe the end of the summer. Yeah, they're they're reckoning the bones of six months to get everybody that needs it or wants it vaccinated. Hopefully, yeah, and hopefully, what that means is that this will be the last Christmas that we'll have to be living with all these uh, restrictions and things like that. Which would be no bad thing. Actually, there is a rumor, and I stress a rumor going around, Adam, that. With Neffet meeting on Thursday, with the new strain of the vaccine in the UK and with concern already expressed by Tony Honohan and Roland Lynn about the numbers, that this plan to open up the country from the 18th to the 6th and allow us travel inter-county, that might be curtailed or cancelled. Are you hearing anything? 
Well, as far I have been speaking to someone just this morning before I came on, and as far as I'm aware, that there is no plans to change those travel arrangements, regardless of how high the numbers get over the next couple of days. So the plan was always been, and, and the government had set this out in their in their schedule at the start of the month, that when cases would start to rise over the Christmas, that they knew that that was going to happen and they anticipated that, and that they were going to still lift the, the travel restrictions to allow people to be together at Christmas time because they felt that families needed that reprieve. And then if the cases get out of hand, a short, sharp lockdown will be come about in, in the new year. So that's probably two weeks in, in January or maybe February if, if the cases don't go as high. So that's something that has been talked about. But as regards curtailing those travel uh, restrictions, I don't see that as something that's going to happen. Gotcha. Okay. So at the moment, there's no there's no sense among your contacts, even though Neffet may recommend it, that no, there's no sense it'll happen. Neffet, as as is always pointed out to us, Neffet recommends and then the government decides. So Neffet may well, well recommend now on Thursday that they they shouldn't be opening up the country, especially with this new strain, as you've pointed out. But it's the government's decision. And at the moment, the political will now is to open up the country, allow people to be together at this special time. And then if it's needed, a short lockdown okay. in the new year. Okay, thank you for that, Adam. Appreciate it. Adam Higgins, political correspondent of the Irish Sun, which that is up-to-date information that he's got from his context in Leinster House this morning, that this opening up will continue. The country's due to open up Friday, I think, until the 6th of January. Now, the rumours we were hearing was that it would be curtailed then because of the surge and because of the new strain that it might be only the 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th of December and then back to staying in your county again. But according to Adam's context at the highest level, that isn't going to be the case. Neffet can recommend it, but the government may not may not put it in place. 1857-15996. Kevin says on Twitter, new strain of COVID among the 4,000 plus known strains. That's been released to the UK hacks to defect, deflect from the Johnson mess. When the papers would normally talk about the car park that is Kent, give me a break about the new strain. It's been mutating all the time. Kevin, I I give you some credibility on that tweet, but until I see our good friend Kingston Mills uh, from Trinity College quoted in the newspapers this morning to say he's looking at it as well. And and he is looking at its its virulence and and its ability to spread. And he would be concerned about it. And he's got bugger all interest in Brexit or Boris or anything. So we'd be worried about it, but I do take your point at the same time. It's a it's a useful diversion for the mess uh, of Brexit. So drop it to a few well placed journalists, I suppose. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. There's a lot more private testing being done now than the first wave. Yet the HSC says it's not accurate. With the shambles of testing, I believe there are people out there who get privately tested, then believe they're free of the virus, but that test isn't accurate. Without going into details, I would believe there's a lot more out there than you think. You mean a lot more COVID or a lot more private testing? On flooding, how City Council get away with this is a very serious matter. They've been getting away with doing nothing since 1974. They should be sued by all who suffer economic loss. They've failed dismally since the 70s and they know it. They can't blame Save Cork City for their failure. It's not just this year or last year that this is an issue. And they've not handled the debate about the barrier effectively at all. They're trying to win a fight 
not affect a solution. And Ken in Toker says, I'd suggest the army. As an ex-soldier, I'm 100% sure the lads are ready for the council to ask for their help. Ken, I would completely agree with you, mate. Absolutely 100% agree with you. The, 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 the army will do exactly what they're asked to do when they're asked to do it. They'll be down there with a lorry load of sandbags faster than you can say Jack Frost or flood warning. They have to be asked. That's the problem. 1850-715-996. Christmas presents for teachers. They go back to when I was in school. And that's not yesterday. But it's become an industry now. And the kind of things you hear about is parents' WhatsApp groups. 15 or 16 parents on a WhatsApp. What are you giving Mrs. Murphy? Or a tenner each. I can only afford a fiver. Or I can't afford anything. Does that kind of carry on? And what are we getting? And on top of all of that malarkey, is it affected by COVID? 1850-715-996. That's next. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM with your local mace counting down to Christmas and serving you for 60 years and counting. Cork's 96FM. On Christmas Day, Cork's 96FM wants to bring you a little closer to those who can't make it home. Here we go! Ho, ho, ho! You make every day feel like it's Christmas. Join Shane Bucks from 11am for our Christmas Day Cracker. We want to speak to your nearest and dearest, wherever they are in the world. So, if you know someone who's up for a chat, then get in touch. Email the details to reception at 96fm.ie. Oh, oh, oh. The Christmas Day Cracker from 11am, only on Cork's 96FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 On Cork's 96 FM. Marie or Mary, I'm not sure which, says, I think with county travelling restrictions and a county-by-county county restriction system, you'd get an incentive to get back to better levels, and it drives people on. That's what Anthony Staines was saying to me months ago, Mary, he said, well, let's move all counties to a high level and then move them out of it as they improve. So you have one county level three, one county level two, another county level four, and you work your way down. That's an interesting way of doing it. But look, at the moment, anyway, Adam Higgins says there'll be no change in the inter-county travel situation for the Christmas, which was a relief to a lot of people. Let's move on to gifts for the teachers and look, it's not te- no teacher that I ever heard of asked for a Christmas present. It's that the parents arrive with them or the little boys and little girls arrive with them for the teacher. It's, it's driven by the parents. It's not driven by the, te- uh, by the pe- teachers, but it's become a kind of a besting game as well, I would say. And purely observing it, it's become very much a besting game in the last few years. Jen Hogan, uh, we've talked to many times, parenting journalist. Jen, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Would you agree with me? It's become a kind of a besting game over the years. It has. I think this year there was a little bit of confusion because nobody was quite sure if it was going to be okay to send in Christmas gifts. And having spoken to lots of parents, it appears some par- some 
parents and children have been told no gifts or cards this year and then there's been no comment from other schools so it's presumed things will continue as normal but this is absolutely like you said not teacher driven this is parent driven and as the years go by I think there's been this little bit of it's a thought that counts lost along the way yeah. the, the, the idea of children making cards or making something at home and bringing it in that's all gone and even this move towards collections um, which seems to be the big thing that happens now the WhatsApp groups are alight around this time of year as somebody organises a collection and suggests the amount to donate I, that, that's kind of taken over and I suppose again that gets rid of the it's the thought that counts because it kind of off, uh, operates on the preface that it's it's better to give a, a voucher or a, mon- a money sum as opposed to a load of car a load of cards or mugs or candles or something along yeah. those lines I was speaking to a teacher a couple of years yeah. ago who said to me you know what PJ I, I, I really appreciate every little gift mm. that I get but if I see one more bloody Yankee candle <laughs> I know, but you, you, you can, I can understand that, yeah, when you get your, your 30 ca- candles or whatever else, and somebody thinks, I know it's a great idea. I can understand that. But at the same time, when you move to a collection, you take away from the parent the yes. ability to purchase something that suits their pocket yes. or not purchase something at all, to actually make something or send in that card. And it stops being about the thought. And I think the big problem is that the, the tone for these collections is often set by the person who organised it. And we're very grateful. Everybody has one or two people in their WhatsApp groups who organises all the social events, the collections, the, even the setting up of the contact list. And and we need that. Um, and we're always very grateful because that's a lot of work. Yeah. But, but sometimes I suppose it's hard to see beyond your own situation and realise that, that five or ten or fifteen or thirty. One parent said, me, said to me that it was a thirty euro request. That's because now there were job sharing teachers. There were two job sharing teachers, so it was fifteen euro per teacher. Yeah. Hold on a minute now. Fifteen euro per teacher. How many in that class? Um, I'm, she didn't mention um, the number in the class, but I'm presuming it was a standard you amount. You say thirty. Yes, that's a lot. Right, so yes. 15, 15 times 30 is 450 mm-hmm. quid. Yeah, and when again, I spoke to lots of the organisers of the collections and yeah, getting around 400 euro in the late 300s, it's not unheard of, it's not uncommon. The biggest problem is for the parents who can't contribute, who find yes. themselves either not wanting to or aren't in a position to contribute, their children's names are often left off the card. And that's but horrible. I've heard of that horrible. happening. I've heard of that happening. That is horrible. And I did check it out. I spoke to, again, organisers of the collections and they said, yeah, I know it sounds harsh, but yep, that's what happens. So the, those names are left off. So that really is the child paying for the financial situation of the parents. You see, know, it's see just... I'd have a big problem with mm. whoever was organising a group like that who would do that to one of the other mm-hmm. parents in the group. Yeah, That's horrible carry-on. Like that's, that, that's bullying of a form is what that is, Jen. It is, and it's very hard for parents to put their hands up and say, even when that initial text goes out, say, actually, I'd like to opt out or I can't afford that or that's too much. It's very hard because it's very public then and you're making within the WhatsApp group to say, I'm not in a position to do that or I think it's too much. And sometimes, the odd time it might happen, but it is very much from my experience and having again spoken to a lot of parents, it's a rare enough thing that somebody feels comfortable enough to speak up. It moves on also to, there's been a couple of occasions 
again, this was done with the best of intentions, so it's very important to, to you know, flag the context. A list was put into the group of who had paid so far. Oh, that, no. But it was done to make sure that parents um, knew if their children had handed over the money or not, because often that money is sent in via an envelope for see, one child Jen, to give to another. But it does flag who hasn't paid, even though that wasn't the intention. Forgive me, I'm very close to banging my head off the desk here, because <laughs> what has happened to turn yeah. a little treat for teacher a box of chocolates a candle mm. some little small token for teacher what has done or what has happened to turn that into you know a, a pearl clutching exercise where everyone's watching one another to see how much they give that's yeah. outrageous carry on it is outrageous. And it, but the sad thing is it was born of good intentions. It was born of, of the intention to do something nice, to give a, a teacher a voucher instead of the 30 candles or the 30 soap sets. But instead it has become, it, it, like it has competition. to increase with inflation. You know, competition, competition is what and, it's become. And if you have multiple children, like myself, that actually is a very expensive exercise <laughs> yeah. this time of year because you've got several teachers. Also, a lot of parents will have SNAs or learning support yeah. teachers yeah. that they'll also want to, to send a gift to. And perhaps the school secretary, perhaps the principal, it, the lollipop lady, it actually becomes huge. Uh, but it's really hard if you have to give a certain amount to a collection or you feel you have to at least. Yeah. And... and the, the schools could stop it. I think the schools are possibly going to have to look at maybe making a statement on this. I, yeah. I, they're probably oblivious. They probably don't even know this is going on in fairness because this is all parent-driven. So, like, the first a teacher will realise that they're getting a voucher on Christmas morning. Now, I know it's become so customary that it probably isn't a huge surprise, but the amounts vary. So, often until a teacher gets a rather huge collection, they'll know nothing about it. And they, I, I would imagine most teachers don't know that children's names are left off because they didn't pay. They won't, you know, I'm, I'm sure teachers aren't scanning the list anyway, but it doesn't matter. That child's name is not there because their parents didn't pay. And that's wrong. <sighs> yeah, it is very wrong. Mm-hmm. It, because particularly in this year, like you don't know what any family is going through. Absolutely. Jobs I mean, could be gone. People could have been yeah. furloughed. Businesses could be gone. year. You know? and, and to put that pressure on parents. And even then, the parents that do contribute, some of them have contributed out of pressure because they don't want their children's names missing up the list. I had sing- a single mom get in touch with me to say that this was a huge stress for her, that her school had actually said no gifts, but the parents had decided to plough ahead with it anyway. And because of that, she felt that she had to donate, even though things were very, very tight for her. Another parent mentioned that, that because she had several children, that it became a choice between getting something small for her partner or donating to the children's um, yeah. teacher's collection. That yeah. she had to make that choice. It's not right. And somebody else flagged, sorry, it was another one, flagged that she could only afford to contribute to some of her children's collections. And she said, now my kids' names will be off the list, will be off the card for some of them, and I have to just choose who's going to be least affected by that. Um, Listen, Jen, thanks very much. Thanks very much for that. It's turned into a very unfortunate industry. I I, I have a real problem. And I think if you are the kind of person who runs one of these collections, and you might run one of these collections for a class of 20, 25 children, and if one of the parents can't afford the 15 quid, And if you don't put their name into the card that goes to the teacher, you need to take a very long, very hard look at yourself. 
in the mirror some morning and ask yourself, can you live with being such a scrounge? That is a horrible thing to do at a season of goodwill. Horrible thing to do. Eleanor, good morning to you. Hello. Hi. Hi, PJ. It's Eleanor here. I, I'm glad you brought up the subject of Christmas presents for teachers, PJ. Um, I don't have children myself, so anybody that's listening may, may just say, well, what is she talking about? But quite honestly, I agree with the lady that was on before me. It's putting a huge pressure on families, PJ. One would have thought that during COVID, people might cop on a little bit and get their priorities right and, I suppose, understand what the true meaning of Christmas is. But if you're going to have parents who are collecting and leaving other little children out, if you, as you say, if you have three or four children going to school, it's putting a huge strain on people who may be unemployed or on limited resources. They may be on part-time wages and there's other bills coming in and I really feel very strongly that it certainly doesn't send out the meaning of Christmas um, from parents who you know they, they share, we, we should be telling our children to share with others yeah. at this time of the year especially but if they're going to be saying well you're not going on the card or you're not going on the list because you didn't have the money what kind of a message does that send out to your children and rearing them what kind of adults will they turn out to be are they going to be like their parents say well you know if you have it you're fine and if you don't well toodaloo off you go um, it's, it's upsetting for children in class as well they're upset going into class they may be afraid of bullying going into class because PJ this is a huge industry you go into any card shop pharmacy or supermarket or whatever and you'll see this present for teacher it is a huge industry it's exploiting teachers uh, uh, sorry pay, uh, children I beg your pardon it's exploiting children mm-hmm. but I really feel most teachers don't want this I saw last year on the Facebook that there was a teacher in the country and uh, he was a principal and he said no way, the teachers were not to get presents but the children could give it to a local charity which was very admirable and it gave great example to children as well. Yeah. I really feel so sad for people who who are put to the pin of their collar to put food on the table and they have to come along then and they have to provide money for children going into school. It's not even for their education, PJ. It's for the teachers for presents. I mean, how ridiculous. What has happened to us in this country? There's people living on the street. They're sleeping in doorways. And what about all the other essential services? I know teachers do a wonderful job and they educate our children. And And there's no problem with a little trinket. None. None that ever was. But this idea, Eleanor, and I have to say, Mm. very few ideas that people come up with repulse me. But this one does. The idea that because a parent can't afford the 20 quid or the 15 or the 10, that uh, that their child's name would be left off the card to the teacher. That is a horrible thing to do to anybody. That's bullying, PJ. It is bullying. It is bullying, yes. And we're we're so, you know, talking about bullying in society and cyberbullying and everything in the present time. And yet, is this the message that children are getting from their parents? Just because little Johnny can't afford it and mummy and daddy can, you know, we're going to just discard that child. Now we don't want anything to do with them. That's so, it is bullying, like. It, it is. Really is. It is. And I feel very, very strongly about it. And, you know, it would be a good example for them to make a collection and maybe give it to a local charity. Now, if they want to give the teacher something, what is wrong with it? There's a class of 30, if they all give 50 cent and buy a box of chocolates yeah. or, a, or a pot plant or something. It's a, box, it. It, a, a little present like that. Listen, exactly. no, Eleanor, I'm going to leave it there because i got more people want to get in on this one. Thank you for your call. Thank you so much, Eleanor. 1850 715 my number, uh, 083 396 
96969696 the text or WhatsApp. I I have to say it only just occurred to me this idea that you would leave a child's name off a card because their parent couldn't afford to contribute to the collection. And that is bullying. And if you've ever done that to another parent, you are a bully. End of. Kit, morning. Morning, PJ. Yeah, I'm listening there to that. And I think that is just shameful that a little child's name would be left off a list because of the parents could not, obviously could not afford to give 15 euro or whatever it is. I'm saying what they should be doing from, it's too late this year, next year, a collection by one parent from other parents to collect maybe two or three euro per child, give it to the teacher. It's it's across the board from the classroom then and let the teacher decide they're well paid. They're, it's it's only a little token from the children for the teacher throughout the year. And let her but that's where these collections start, Kit. It starts at three and four euro it, it, it before you know it's up to 20 and 30 euro. They should not. This is it, PJ. Someone must in charge must say, we're not breaking that. We're not breaking this rule that we're bringing in. And let the teacher then decide to donate her takings to charity or but treat herself to a little gift. That's no problem, whatever. But no, that, that's where it's that's what happens. There is always some parent who I know myself I've come against it who want to, you know, go better than what you do or whatever you suggest. It's wrong and it's wrong. And it's, you have to think of the children. It's wrong and, and it's a big wrong. And give, collect three euro per child and anyone that go beyond that say, no, we're not accepting it. Take your, give the three euro and put the other two, take the other two euro away or whatever price they'll set on. But keep it small. It's only a little token. It's an appreciation. That's what it is. And all the little kids in the class will be the same. Yeah, all right. That's how it should be. All right, PJ. Thank you, Thank kids. You. Thank you. Appreciate the call. 1850 PJ, that is some parents trying to gain favour with the teachers. Usually they're on the parents' committee and it goes to their head I just send a tin of roses to the teachers to say thank you. That's from Pat. Kate, they need to stop this carry-on. People have lost jobs this year. Money's tight for many families. They shouldn't be under this kind of pressure. Helen, my kids went to a private school. It went on big time. The presidents included weekends away. This was 30, 40 years ago too. What? I didn't have the money to help pay for it as I had to pay the fees, says Helen. 1850, 715. Uh, nine nine six. Is she ready to go on on line one? There, Terry. She is okay. D. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, PJ. How are you? I'm Happy not too bad. And to you, many more of them. Yes, please God. Um, yeah, there's things that the teachers gets. Um, I it, look. Sometimes it's handy to put the money in and pool it together. And God bless the mums that volunteer to do it because that sounds like a nightmare trying to collect all the money from everybody and standing at the school gates. And now with everything else going on, do you really want to be? handing over fivers, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so what I've started doing the last number of years is giving little silly gifts, right? Because listen, how many candles do they need? Or how many, I don't know, little trinkets? So like, I think last year I gave a teacher a bottle of wine with, and I, I, I stuck a picture of my kid on it, you know? Um, sorry for, you know, sorry for Liam driving you to drink this year in case he drove you to drink this year kind of thing. You, you know, um, and it, it helps if, if you know the teacher a bit. And there was a beautiful teacher that one of my boys had a few years ago and she really meant a lot to him. You know, I think she was the first teacher that really, he really, I suppose she got him and he felt that she got him and I just appreciated it. Yeah. And my husband thought it was the most 
stupidest gift ever. He was like, who would want that? And I was like, I don't care. But I said, it's, it's the thought that counts. And if she stuck it in the drawer in the bin when she got home, I don't care. What it was, in the chemist, I bought one of those plastic bubbles, you know, that are see-through and you can fill it in yourself. Um, and I put a picture that I had taken of the two of them during the year. One, I can't forget what event it was. But, and it was just a picture of the two of them. And I put it in the Christmas bubble and I just wrote a note on the back of it saying, in the inside, and I was saying, you know, thank you so much uh, for being Patrick's first favourite teacher ever kind of thing. Yeah. And that was it. And Patrick, and my husband was like, why would you want to hang an, a child that isn't yours off your tree? And I said, she could keep it in school, you know, or, but to me, I just wanted to express, look. It's a bit of fun. You meant something, you know. Yeah, yeah. I love that idea, actually. Just a bit of fun, uh, because I, I've given up giving gifts uh, this year. To be honest, I haven't even done anything about it yet. I know a lot of the mums in, in the in the classes they've collected the money and they're giving the gift vouchers. And I think the teachers have been amazing, especially with COVID. All the extra precautions. We're trusting them with our kids on any given day. Never mind in the middle of a pandemic. So do I think they deserve something much like every other first first liner? Do you know what I mean? Um, mm. So I think this year... No, I have, I have no problem with giving anything small to a teacher because, like you yeah. say, they, they they are such an important part of our children's lives. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just gone... It's gone demented now with this collection thing going on. And if one child... Uh, if their parent isn't able to afford the, 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 yeah. the money, their, their name is left off the card. That is appalling. It is. That's disgraceful. And, uh, yeah, it's something, to be fair, some years I wouldn't necessarily have had the money. I honestly wouldn't have. Yes. Um, going back, you know, in 2008, 2009, 10, both of us were out of work here. Uh, that Christmas wasn't fun for anyone, especially when you've got three kids all, you know, believing in the magic of Christmas and Santa Claus and writing lists and your heart is breaking, yeah. you know, because, you know, the ad at the minute for St. Vincent de Paul, you know, the, the mother looking at the child, looking at the TV, I'm tearing up even thinking about it. Yeah, and yeah. the mother looks at it, it's the week's electricity bill or it's the month's yeah. heating or that's real, like, that's reality. Yeah. And that, so, 15, that 15 quid that a person can't afford to put yeah. in, that might be topping up the electricity thing on the wall. Listen, that's I'm going to leave it there, Dee, and trying to get to Olive before 10 o'clock. Thank you very much. Uh, Olive, how you doing? Um, I'm just saying that I was listening to these um, about presents for the teachers. Yes. The teachers don't need it, don't want it. I think if there was a small collection done, the money hand given to Penny Dinners, Simon... The crib, the share crib, yeah. it would it would mean even twenty euro would make a tremendous difference to these people, yeah. and I think really, you know, it's Christmas and everybody really has enough when they're teaching, and there are people going without food and everything, and I think the money would be better spent on these people. Okay, good point. Thank you, Olive. Well made. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Oh, there's always Gillian, 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 Gillian. Did you put your porridge in your mouth this morning or in your ears? Uh, oh, sweet mother, not Gillian, sorry, not Gillian. Oh, yes, I wonder if anyone that organises one of these collections would come on air and explain their reasons why they'd leave a, a child's name off a card. They won't, you know. Uh, they're brave people until they're confronted about it. Oh, sweet mother of God, PJ, to say I hope they can't sleep at night if they don't put 15 euro in a card for a teacher. People can't feed or heat their homes and the cheek of you to say such horrible things. A poor person could... I didn't say that. Were you listening? Did you put your porridge in your mouth or in your ears? I said that if you would leave a child's name off a card, 
because their parent can't afford to contribute to the collection, you are a bully. That's what he said. And I stand over it. As Roy Keane says, you don't thank the postman for delivering the post. I don't have a problem with giving teachers Christmas gifts. I just think the industry it's become is disgraceful. And if you leave a child's name, I say it again, if you leave a child's name out of the card because their mother wasn't, or father, wasn't able to afford the 10 or 15 quid, you are a bully. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. For 20 minutes of the best music mix. Non-stop. And everything Cork. On Cork's 96FM. I'll play Cork's best music mix. I'll bring you our daily Facebook question. And I'll also bring you the stars. Robert De Niro on lockdown. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's kind of like a, a science fiction movie, but it's real. Niall Horan on Lewis Capaldi. First time I've ever met, I just thought he was a lunatic. And Harry Styles on Harry Styles. So I love being in the studio now, kind of writing and working stuff out with everyone. I love that. I've always loved performing. I still very much do. Online, on your smart speaker, on the Quark's 96 FM app and on FM. Ken Tobin. Weekdays from midday. With the Everyman Christmas shows for all the family. Videos streamed from the stage straight to your home. See everyman.com. Courts 96 FM. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Courts 96 FM. Just that thing there that uh, someone quoted Roy Keane before the news and saying you don't thank the postman for delivering the post. Hang on a second now. Now maybe it's not done these days, but I can remember my grandmother. That'd be good to her. And my mother as well, I think in fairness to her would still do it when you have a regular postman or postwoman that comes to the house these days yeah you would have a little Christmas box for the postman absolutely you would have a little Christmas box for the postman Uh, and my mother my grandmother I remember used to have a Christmas box for the bin men just being nice do you know being nice 1850-715-996 parent on whatsapp I'm doing a collection 5 euro we don't have much and that's fine there's no pressure. I was asked to do one as some mums are non-nationals and asked would I send a message. No pressure to anyone. Some can donate. Some are doing their own thing. But I am not a bully. I left it open for people to contribute. So yes, I will only be putting the names of the children who contributed. It might only be 10 children. So be it. And as I said, some are getting their own gifts. I don't like the idea. I'm sorry. I don't like the idea of not putting all the children's names in. I don't like that idea. There are 20 children in the class. There should be 20 names in the card. There are 25 children in the class. There should be 25 names in the card. Yes, maybe not everybody contributed. But there should be all the names in the card. And you can argue with me till the cows come home on that one. But that is, unfortunately, my view on it. I don't like the idea of leaving a child's name out. And you say you're not a bully. And that's fine. You, you think it's okay, but I, I have a problem with leaving a child's name off a card. Simple as that. 1850-715-996. The text of WhatsApp 83 96 The email opinion at 96fm.ie. Twitter is at opinionline96 with the hashtag OL96. And if you want to contact us through Facebook, you can do so with Cork's 96FM Facebook page. And... 
address your message, please, for the attention of the opinion line. Earlier this morning, at the start of the programme, we're waiting, by the way, on an outcome of that meeting that is ongoing at City Hall between all the various stakeholders in the flood warning. And we hope to get a very up-to-the-minute report on what we can expect and what might happen before the end of the show today, we have a call in with David Joyce, who's Director of Services, and a promise from David that he'll speak to us immediately that that meeting is is over. So we're just waiting on that. Uh, we talked earlier this morning with Shane from Diana O'Mahony Jewelries, who is facing again the prospect of having to sandbag his premises and hope for the best. They can't put up a barrier because of the design of the door. It's an old door. And he was he was upset when I spoke to him this morning about the prospect of another flood in his business only weeks after the last one. We're here we're here battling it every time and every time there's a high tide we're like on looking at the at the forecast looking at the wind direction and just we're, we're petrified that we're going to be destroyed again. That's Shane talking to Barely Ron. Now Joe, good morning. Good morning, Peter. How are you? Good. You're willing to help Shane if you can yeah I probably I worked at PG Edwarton Company for 37 years and I worked on key walls sandbagging on everything down through the years now I'm over 70 but I will supervise it and do my best to stop the water I heard him this morning and I was sad to hear it you know yeah 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 you're right you're caught for, you're a bit caught there are you no, I'm okay. No, okay. Just yeah, so you, you, you'd bring expertise in if he wanted to get a better way to do his sandbags because, as he explained, and you heard it, the design of his doorway doesn't allow a flood barrier. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, he needs to, to hash some sandbags if he can get them. They're the best ones, and they will seal the water. You get plastic ones, but they're not as good. But if he can get the hessian ones to link into each other, and they will definitely be put there in the... Uh, oh, these are the kind of brown... Ones. They're kind of brown. They're like, they're like... They look woolly, actually. That's the ones, yeah. Yeah. If somebody could supply him them... I will supervise it and I'll guarantee, well, I can't guarantee my life, but they're definitely better. The plastic ones won't seal because there are joints between them, but the Hessian ones will seal and it will stop the water from getting in. Okay, and you're willing to help. Well, we might be able to put you in touch there and see and see if you can do anything for, for Shane in his situation. Joe, thank you very much. You're extremely kind. That's Joe. He's retired with a number of years and uh, pushing on a bit, but he's happy to offer his expertise. And these Hessian sandbags um, it's it's, uh, it's it's like you know if you ever look they're a bit like kind of a rough wool or a rough weave is probably the best expression a rough weave and then when they get filled with sand and the sand gets wet they seal into one another they're, as opposed to plastic bags which you see them they'll slip off each other so Joe if he can get a supply of hessian proper old-fashioned sandbags, which I'm sure the army would have them. For Shane, Joe is happy to supervise their installation and put them in the best way possible to avoid another flood in the premises tonight. I give the postman 20 euro every year. They're out in all weathers and all through COVID. Do people forget about that? I always give the postman and the bin men a few bob in an envelope just to say thank you. I think it's still done a lot. It's a nice old tradition, says Phil. Michael, following an old tradition, I always stand to, yeah, that's a nice term, stand to postmen and bin men, Christmas and Easter. My parents always did it, and I continue 
the tradition. Well done, PJ. I, if it was my children, I would name and shame the parents who did that. That's leaving the names off the card, says Vera. The point Roy makes is in relation to a person's job, like a teacher is pay, a paid employee of the state, your thanks is not required. And why are the teachers not taking the lead in this? They are parents too. Well, your thanks is always required. And I don't care if a, if a person is a, a brain surgeon or I don't care if they are the most ordinary everyday blue-collar worker or a very, very high-end official who provides you with a service. Your thanks is always required. Thanks is something we teach our children. That's not a good attitude. Your thanks is not required. Your thanks is absolutely required. It is the polite and kind thing to do to thank somebody. Uh, Morning, PJ. On the subject of gifts for teachers, wouldn't a Christmas card signed by all the class be a lovely idea? Or better still, make their own cards. I love getting cards. And where does it stop? What about sixth class? When they leave, there's always gifts for teachers. As a mum of seven, seven children, I used to find it a bit of pressure. Thank you, says Josephine, 1850. 715996. I talked with Adam Higgins from the Irish Sun just earlier this morning about what may happen with the cabinet meeting to do with vaccinations and all that, but also with the concern about the new strain of the virus. And good to hear Dr. Scally in the news saying it's nothing particularly worrying. That's good to hear. The new strain of the virus and the numbers going in an uncomfortable direction in the last couple of days. The rumour that I've been hearing this morning was that there may be there may be a curtailment of this opening up of the country for county-to-county travel. Adam maintains from his context that that's not on the agenda. Neffet may well recommend it, but the government is not of a mind to do it. That's where things stand now. And Adam made the point that you could see a sharp lockdown in the early weeks of January or the early weeks of February, a sharp circuit breaker lockdown to try to to try to uh, drag or try to force the numbers down again. Peter, you heard that and you're concerned about it. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, yeah, it kind of struck a chord with me. Um, so a problem that we need or something, an issue that we need to look at before Christmas instead of looking at the statistics after Christmas is the suicide rates and the first two weeks of January have the highest suicide rates every year uh, in our country that's documented Um, yeah yeah so that's why they have things like the first fortnight every every um, year is uh, uh, as an awareness uh, suicide awareness Um, and just I suppose for people out there I mean it kind of coincides with what you're saying about the whole teacher presence thing and people not being able to afford it it's just added pressures it's all added pressures on people who get to a point where they can't take it anymore. And we've had a, an exceptionally um, tough year, everybody. So I suppose community-wise, we need to look after the people who are a little bit more vulnerable in terms of their mental health or, you know, and, and, and people who are older and all that kind of stuff. We need, to, as, as a community, to watch out for each other and stop putting more pressure on each other. Yeah, you know, um, it is a hard time. You know, um, there's a lot of people fractured, and you don't want them to break completely. You know, and that's the thing. So there are plenty of places that people can go, people can talk to, like uh, Samaritans, Pietro's, um, 
shine aware, all of those places. But they also have family members that they can talk to. They, people must have people that they can talk to. And I suppose that's the important thing is to make sure that they actually have uh, someone they can go and start a story. It doesn't matter where the story starts or how bad it sounds or where if you start in the middle or wherever it is, it doesn't matter. Talk to somebody. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter where you start, but you have started. That's important, you know. And if a lockdown comes in again, I mean, there's been a huge rate of suicides already this year because of because of the lockdowns. You know, there are people who are mm. isolated in con- in the country, um, around countries, huge hinterlands, particularly in Cork, there's massive hinterlands where they don't have um, programs for people unless it's online or unless it's, it's calling smart. But not everyone's able to do that. So if you can't do that, you know, find someone you can talk to, someone you can confide in, you know, and just start with, I'm not okay. Yeah. You know? Just what you say there about, and I was talking to a, a close friend at the weekend who, who shall remain unidentified, um, who asked me to consider talking about the suicide problem uh, caused or linkable, shall we say, to COVID. There are no numbers out there. There are no statistics and there's, I, there are no verifiable trends to see. All we have is what people perceive and believe to be the case. But, like, have you heard of a rise in it? Yeah, I have. I have heard of a rise in it. Um, there's, there's also been a rise in um, uh, people seeking help, I suppose, you know, and that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure people um, like Pieta House or Smartens, those people would have the, those kind of numbers. Um, I have heard of a few cases, yes, of, of suicides. Uh, directly linked with um, isolation because of the lockdowns. Yeah, you know, which is is sad. You know, um, and a one guy in particular who um, was reaching out to people, but I think they just didn't see the signs. You know, and unfortunately, he he um, took his own life. You know, um, it's sad. It's very very sad. It's it's sad for the people that are left behind as well. Yeah. Um, that's harder because now they're questioning what they could have done. But before you get to that point, try if you if you feel someone's vulnerable, if you feel there's someone that needs help, like talk to them, ask them. There's no harm in asking somebody. You know, even if you're embarrassed about the question, you know, forget about stigma, forget about your own stigma. Like we we we're fierce, we're great for uh, creating our own stigma about what other people think. Forget about that. Go and talk to somebody. Do something. Um, that will 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 benefit you in the long run because so many people in even in the cities, um, I mean, on lockdown, they're in a one bed apartment or a two bed apartment on their own. Some people, you know, or some people are in a room like they're in a city where where they actually feel lonely. There's yeah. so many people around, you know, yeah. and it's the same in, in in all of the hinterlands, you know. Like we need to be looking at that, and the government also needs to be looking at that. People need to look at these numbers and try and find is there a way to like have a lockdown, but but gradually more than just this bang. You're back straight into it, and next thing you know, um, suicide rates are gone through the roof, and the you know the numbers aren't there because, I mean, are there are there, are there deaths that have been caused because of this, or the people who've taken their own lives? And we just you know. Yeah, well, I, I had this out start, a few no. years ago with the official suicide federation people, where you know. 
un- unless a death is actually classed as a mm-hmm. suicide, either in a gather report or in an inquest, mm-hmm. it-, it may not necessarily go down as a suicide. But we know that there are. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Dozens of suicides every year that are never recorded as such. Yeah, look, it's again, it's the vulnerability of people and, and, and the awareness of people around to, to to be able to notice that, you know. Like, there are people that you look at and think, you know, maybe they need some help, but you're afraid to ask them or you're afraid to, to say something to them. Don't be afraid. Just go and ask them. If you have a brother, a sister, uncle, cousin, niece, nephew, um, even grandparents. Like, I have to remember grandparents here have been more isolated than anybody. Yes, you know? they have. Yes, they so have. You need to look at them as well. I mean, these these are people who are wondering. Well, look, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting older. You know, so what am I going to see for the next year? What am I going to see for the next few years? Going to be in lockdown. Going to be stuck in a room. Like, get out and talk to them. Ask them, are they okay? Yeah. Talk to them. See, are they okay? Sons, daughters, ask them if they're okay. You know, it's and and, and like, it's, it's Christmas is about giving. You know, and I do hear a lot about people saying this time of year, oh, it's terrible for this time of year and this time of year. Actually, you're looking at the numbers after Christmas. Mm-hmm. So that, that is this time of year, you know, the yeah. start of the year when everyone should be looking forward to the new well, year. The best thing you can do for anybody at Christmas time, Peter, is give of yourself. Give them life, you know, give, give, them, give them support. I mean, that's, I, I, if, if I was in a situation, I'd prefer to have support from just one person instead of a gift in paper. You know that that would mean a whole lot more, and it's been, like particularly this year, it's been so bad. Yeah. You know that I I genuinely prefer to have support of anybody than any gift that anybody could leave at my door. All right. Listen. You know? Thank you very much for the call. Very thought provoking. Appreciate it. Thank you, Peter. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. You listen to the opinion line on Corks ninety six FM. If you've been affected by anything we're talking about with Peter. Then there are a couple of important numbers. Pieta, 1-800-24-7-24-7. The Samaritans, who do incredible work, 
116-123. That's 24-7. And I think that's a local call as well from wherever you are. 116-123. And there's many other people that you can talk to, including your GP. Or talk to your friend. Or talk to your dad or your mom. Or talk to somebody at work. Talk to somebody. And just in the wake of my conversation with a friend at the weekend who said to me, would you please bring it up on the show? The surge in suicide. And I was explaining, look, until it's officially recorded and reported, it isn't a suicide. But it is. People, and we we will find out after all of this that there were a lot of people who died because of loneliness, because of just that crippling depression that comes from being all alone in the world and not being able to go out. So if there's anybody you know who might be lonesome this Christmas and might be on their own, the best gift you can give them is gift the, give them a gift of yourself. There's a lovely ad running on British radio at the moment about pick up the phone to someone you haven't spoken to in a very long time. Just pick up the phone and say hello. It's a lovely ad. Um, And if there is someone over the next week and a half, two weeks, two and a half weeks, pick up the phone, give them a call. There's always, always someone out there. You're not on your own. And if you are in a very down, depressed, dark place right now, you're not on your own. Pick up the phone. Or walk straight up to someone's front door. COVID restrictions are no. Walk straight up to someone's front door and say, I need help. Reach out. Ask for help. Ask for help. 1850715996. Long message giving out to me about the various stories uh, coming from the UK of this new version of the virus. Someone having a pop off me. I'll read it in a minute. I'm not going to read it now in the context of what we're now talking about. But I will read it in a few minutes. 1850-715-996. Not only did my parents give money and chocolates to the postman, but also the bin man, the coal man, the insurance man, the lemonade man. These days, they still give to the postman and the bin man as they're the only callers. A nice tradition. 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. With your local mace, serving local communities for 60 Christmases and counting. Cork's 96FM. Shame on PJ for scaremongering about a ban on inter-county travel based on a rumour, as PJ admitted. And much worse, he tells us of a new, more virulent strain of COVID-19, which is stronger and spreads faster and further. I never said stronger. I did say faster. This outbreak has taken place in a small area of London and may well be a tactic to deflect attention from the Boris Johnson and the Brexit debacle. We don't know. But PJ broadcasts as fact how dangerous this strain is going to be. Does he not realise or care how terrified so many people are without him so shamefully adding to their fears? Broadcasting of a dangerously low standard. You would then want me to ignore the major story that broke yesterday evening. 
and ignore the major story that is running in this morning's newspapers and ignore the major story that was brought up for comment by the Chief Medical Officer and the Assistant Chief Medical Officer yesterday evening. I'm very, very happy to hear Dr. Gabriel Scali, who's a public health expert of international class, saying it's nothing to really worry about. That is brilliant news. Also, with regard to asking Shane Higgins about the, or Adam Higgins rather, about the possibility of the Christmas restrictions being tightened up. That's not just a rumour I made up off the top of my head. That comes to me from a very, very well-placed source and I'm not going to name it to you or anybody else. So, I ain't scaremongering. If you consider facts to be scaremongering, and the thing about the Boris Johnson, maybe it is a deception, maybe it is a deflection from Boris Johnson, but hey, listen, it made international news yesterday. My job is to reflect what's out there in terms of the news of the day. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Now, Caroline, thanks for waiting through all of that for me. Caroline, good morning to you. Morning, PJ. How are you? Good. You usually have a mass this time of the year in memory of Leah. Tell me about Leah. Okay, so, um, yeah, in 2009, our daughter Leah was stillborn. I was 27 weeks pregnant, um, and it happened um, on the 21st of September. So every year since, we held a mass to to remember her, Um, and it was for all the children that have that couldn't stay essentially be it through stillbirth neonatal death but many other circumstances that families and parents lose their children so we've been doing it for the last 10 years um and it's a very comforting emotional um therapeutic place to be that one hour of the year kind of thing and what never ceases to amaze me is the people that come the age of the people, so often we get people, um, you know, in their 60s, 70s, 80s, mm. um, men and women. And many people have said to me, you know, it's the one place that they can be where they can openly grieve. It, it is very emotional. I say a reflection at the kind of towards the end of mass and usually end up bawling, crying on the altar. But yeah. um, it's a very safe place to do that. And it's a place where other people can understand your pain because unfortunately it's a club that nobody wants to be part of. Yes. But it's only kind of when it's actually happened to you do you truly get that sense of loss. And we're 11 years now since we've lost Leah, but it's still happening today. Families are still going through this terrible, terrible time and that's why the mass kind of took on Another importance, because it's there as a comfort, and this is still happening to families today. You know, we've gone on our own journey, and we've, you know, you are where you are kind of thing. Mm. But there are many families back where we were 11 years ago. So everyone's journey is different. So the Mass is open to everybody um, who just wants to come and remember it. It may be a brother or sister as well. It may be a grandchild. But it's just that safe place to talk their name, to speak their name, and, and to grieve for them. Of course, you can't do an actual mass this year. 
No, then COVID hit, as it did, um, and um, I kept putting it off. I could normally, like, it could be any time from May to September, depending on the year, PJ, do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but I kept putting it off, hoping that regulations would change, restrictions would change, and as the year went on, it kind of didn't, and then I didn't want to have a mask that could put people... Um, and not so much in jeopardy, but do you know what I mean? Where they may be at risk that people yeah. would feel they'd have to come. So I just I kept putting it off, essentially, I suppose. And then a good friend of mine said, she kind of opened my eyes and she said, you know, this mass is more than about Leah as such. There are other people that have come to the mass yearly or know that it's happening. And they need to know what's what's going on with it this year. Do you know what I mean? Because so much has changed this year and so much has been up in a heap and it's possibly a year that everyone needs more help and support than any other year. Yeah. And then my local parish priest said, right, let's do something. <laughs> so I kind of got two loving shoves, shall we say, and we decided this year to do an online remembrance. So it's not the same as the Mass, mm-hmm. but it's a place where people can still honour and remember their, na- their baby's when name. When is it going to happen and where can people join it? So what we're going to do, it won't be a live event because I'm not that good at that sort of stuff, PJ. But what we're asking people to do is to, if they can send me their baby's names um, and we're going to record a kind of um, remembrance ceremony, just a short one, and we're hoping to get it, put it onto my own Facebook page and maybe my um, Leppin Glendor Parish page as well for Sunday, which is the 20th 19th. of December, 19th, 20th. Mm. 20th, I think. Yeah, 20th, yeah. Yeah, Sunday. 20th. Yeah, God. Yeah, okay. sorry, yeah. Um, and we're also having a Christmas tree at uh, St. Faulkner's Church in Glendor, and there will be little um, Christmas labels with each baby's name on that as well, and that will stay on the altar over the Christmas. Um, and the babies will be prayed for and remembered as well over the Christmas period. Okay, so how can people get a message to you to read out somebody's name? Um, they can send me a message via Facebook, I suppose, either my own personal page or West Cork Eggs page. Yes. And I'm happy to give my phone number as well, I suppose, um, because it's out there anyway. Do you know what I mean? If people want it. So okay, do you I want to do that for me? Yeah, it's 086-601-7677. Okay, okay. So the West Cork Eggs page or 086-601-7677 uh, to send a name or a message to you, and that yeah. will be used in this remembrance ceremony yeah. on Sunday 20th. Yeah, right. and I think with it being virtual, we're hoping to have a wider reach um, mm. than we normally do. And, and again, like I said, this year has been particularly challenging, and yeah. Christmas can be a difficult time for families that have experienced this loss. So yeah. it's just to show them that they're not on their own. There is support out there, okay. um, and, and you know we will remember and speak their baby's name. Can I ask you something, Caroline? You yeah. say, was it was it eleven years ago now that yeah. baby Leah was still born, and this would be your what eleventh Christmas trying to deal with this? Yeah. And moreover, yeah. she was a Christmas. It, it was at Christmas time. It happened. Yeah. Have you any word of perhaps comfort for somebody, Caroline, who's coming up to their first Christmas after such a tragedy? Um. Be kind to yourself, I suppose, really. Yeah. Um, and just try and reach out for support. Do You know, it's not a journey, really, that you can do on your own. You have to do certain parts of it on your own. But, you know, it is really to be kind to yourself and 
don't put it, you know, don't feel you have to be at a certain stage because it's X amount of time after you've lost your child. Um, you know, like we're 11 years down and there are still days and the math does it to me every year that I will literally burst into tears and feel all of that emotion that I felt back at the time. Um, you know, but you, you do have to, I've said this before, I think grief is like, um, a big massive sack of stuff and you, you know, over time and there's no time structure to it but over time hopefully it reduces so eventually it becomes the size of like a, a you know a big bag or a suitcase and then it's a backpack then it might be a, you know a small handbag you so you will always carry it with you but you just get better at carrying it but my own it really is you cannot do this on your own there are unfortunately other people out there that have experienced the same pain everyone's journey is different but you know, Felicon do a fantastic job. Fantastic organisation. They're an amazing, Incredible. amazing I've talked to them many times. Yeah, 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 they're amazing. And where they start from and what they've done and what they achieve and what they do on a day-to-day basis is just, you know, I have no words to describe how great I think they are. So there is that help there. And don't, you know, again, it's just going back to be kind to yourself and don't expect to be at a certain way just because it's Christmas or because it's six weeks, six months, six years, 16 years down the line. Um, this is something for me personally that changed me forever. I will never be that person again that I was before we lost her. Um, but it, it's changed me in many positive ways as well. Um, it's made me much stronger. But not that's my story. That's my journey. Do you know what I mean? Yes, but, everybody's story is different. Everyone's is different, and really, it is the support we, you know, great family, great friend support. Failacon were huge, you know what I mean. So, it is really to have that support, but it can be very difficult to ask for support because sometimes we feel we have to be the strong one. We may or may not have other children, so you have to, you know, maybe you know, mind your other children. You may have other commitments. Um, you know, work commitments. And again, not everybody gets it because until it comes to your door, it's not something that we think yeah. about because it's so horrific kind of thing. But that doesn't mean people are cruel or, you know, harsh. They just don't understand. Um, but it can take a while to get to that place of being able to understand that they don't understand. All right, Caroline, thank you for that. Thanks, PJ. And uh, good luck with the with the event Sunday. Thank to you. remind people again, thanks, Caroline. Uh, the West Cork Eggs Facebook page, that's Caroline's uh, thriving business now. Great to see it thriving. So West Cork Eggs Facebook page, send her a message there. Or you can also uh, text or WhatsApp to 86 if there is a child that you would like remembered at this special remembrance ceremony which they are recording and will broadcast on the 19th of December 18th or the 20th rather Sunday is the 20th of December 1850-715-996 The Opinion Line on Quartz 96FM With Lehan Motors Leading the way for Toyota hybrids The place to order your 211 Toyota See lehanmotors.ie We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits After midday on Quartz 96FM With your local mace Going the extra smile For 60 Christmases and Corks 96 FM. Question number 10. Which male name is the title to the debut album released by Amy Winehouse? Oh my god, I know this. Um, Frank? You have just won 2,000 no euros. Yeah! <laughs> 
thanks so much, lads. Heather, congratulations. Oh, lads, thanks so much. You've made my weekend. Our right? latest big winner, Heather Barry from Cove, has just won 2,000 euros. Another winner. There you go. Go, go, go. The two grand minute. Listen to play. At 7.40 and 8.40 every day. Casey and Ross in the morning. On Cork's 96 FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 996. On Cork's 96 FM. There are days when you almost feel sorry for politicians and the job that they do. Almost. 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 Next. Thursday, the 17th of December, will be one of those days when my next guest gets an opportunity to sit before the Education Committee in the Oireachtas and give them a lesson in harsh reality. Donna Leary from Cork Life Centre, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. You've been waiting for this opportunity, I'd say, for a while. You know, it's, we're, we're on the go 20 years, and I suppose <laughs> in all of the 20 years we'd have wanted to to get before the Education Committee and to to put our case for alternative education before them. And we're finally getting an opportunity on, on, on this Thursday. Um, I, I suppose, you know, it, it's, for, for me, it's, it's a rights, it's a children's rights issue. You know, our children are, are entitled to the same education and the same facilities as everyone, every other child in education. And up to now, they haven't been, they haven't been given that, you know. Mm. Um, they, they lose out in lots of ways. Um, um, and we're not asking for extra. We're, we're, we're asking for, for our kids just to be able to know that when they start with me in first year, I'm going to have the finances to take them to sixth year. Because the first time we ever spoke on radio about the Life Centre, Don... You were facing closure for the sake of 50 grand, and those worries are still with you to this day. They are, you know, and I, I suppose, Peter, when, when you look at it, they've kind of grown because, uh, like, when I would first talk to you, we'd have probably been about 25 to 30 kids. Yeah. I now have 55 children in, in the centre, 55 amazing young people, um, and I'm refusing 150 every year for the last three years. Oh and that's heartbreaking for me and for the staff here. Um, and and I, I suppose, you know, the, 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 the idea of early school leavers and what early school leavers are, that, that's changed, you know. It's, it's totally changed. You know, you have young people with mental health issues. You have young people with, with in care. You have young people with trauma and they could be involved in the justice system. And, and, you know, there, there needs to be a recognition that if you put money in at the beginning, you save in the long term. Mm. I mean, that, that's easily borne out by the fact if, 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 if one of our children or any child ends up in Oberstone, you're talking about 350000 a year, yeah. you know? Um, when, you look at, 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 when you look at kids going to pri- into secondary school, it's 9000 per child per year. Yeah. You know, if you use youth reach as a bit dearer, if you use youth encounter, and we're not, we're getting 77,500 from the state to, to cater for 55 kids. Now, that in itself is bad, um, and, and where it becomes bad is that, you know, I, I have an awful lot of volunteers, excellent, and we'd always use volunteers here. Uh, we'll keep that going. 
But for continuity and consistency for kids, you know, it's hugely important for us here to build relationships with young people. Because the one thing they'll all have in common when they come here is their self-esteem is rock bottom. They don't believe they're going to succeed. And and for me, that's that's horrific. Because if if we're going to condemn young people... They sometimes feel, Don, they're not even entitled to. Oh, oh yeah, because, you know, they, 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 just, they just feel they don't belong. Uh, and actually, education is for everyone. Everyone doesn't learn the same way. Um, we're very clear on that here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm so delighted on Thursday. I, I have two young people attending with me. Um, Quiva Cotter, who you've interviewed yes. in the past, is a, a present student who's just under junior cert last year. And Reese Wooten, who, you know, Reese is, 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 um, has finished... Uh, got an honours degree in UCC this year and is going back to doing masters next year. However, in the intervening period, they're in here volunteering in the centre teaching maths. Yeah. And I mean, for me, that's that's um, that's huge. You know, they, they, this this young person who, who who struggled the same as the young people in here, who has gone through the system, and you know, not everyone has to go to university, but this young person did, um, and with their own struggles, and is very honest about their own struggles. Yeah. And it has come out the other side, and it, you know, is it, it, is actually their their, their dissertation is being prepared to be to be entered as an ac- academic paper. Excellent, John. What will you be putting before the committee on Thursday? Is it the case for increased funding, or, or the simple stark reality that this kind of um, centre like yours is needed? Well, yeah, and I suppose we're asking the education committee to bring the minister Norma Foley before them to ask why her department doesn't recognise alternative models of education such as ours. We want them to do a report on alternative models, which are badly needed for many students who are out of the mainstream. And, and you know, we're asking, OK, so we are asking for the licence because that's, that's where I'm working. But, but I'm looking for a recognition. That, that one size doesn't fit all and that we need to have alternatives. If we want the best for our kids and, we, you know, our kids don't learn the same way, then, then we need to be able to, to look at that um, and we need to be able to accept that and we need to be able to roll with that to give every young person an opportunity to be the, their best selves. And, you know, I think when you give that to kids, you do get that, you know, um, they, they will be their best selves. So, so we're asking that, that the Department of Education you know, starts coming in, starts coming in the, from, from the 1900s and starts coming into 2020 yeah. and 2021. Right. Uh, and that, that a recognition that, that things have changed, things have moved on, education has to move on. Well, we may, we may get a and, chance and to catch up afterwards, Don. Sorry, sorry to cut across you. We may get a chance to catch up with you before Christmas and or at least very early in the new year after this and to see where you, if you get a chance to make some progress. But good luck with it, Don. I know you've waited a long time for this. The Opinion Live with PJ Coogan on Courts 96 FM. 1857 the number to call. The text to WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. We were talking earlier on about gifts for teachers and this horrible practice of leaving a child's name off a card because the child's parents didn't or couldn't contribute to a collection for the teacher and I stand over what I said about that I think it's bullying to deliberately do that to any parent or any child we got a lively discussion about it 
and this one we'll happily return to. But Viv in Madrid, buenas Viv. PJ, listening to the discussion about teachers and gifts for Christmas, we seem to have the same problem here in Spain. There's huge competition between some parents. A better option would be a collection. The loveliest gifts I've ever received in my years teaching were a box full of veg from somebody's garden and white wine the student made from their own grapes. Another bought me a litre of their own olive oil. Another student bought me homemade biscuits, homemade sweets. I can assure you the gifts didn't last long, but they were massively appreciated. I think the motto here is, it's the thought that counts. We've all had a tough year. I think we need to keep it simple. This Christmas, take care from Viv and Feliz Navidad. Viv, if we don't talk before that. They're lovely gifts. There's a family have been sending me, and I don't know who they are or where they're from, but they have been sending me a little gift here every year into the, into the show of homemade, little homemade biscuits in a little Christmas tin. I don't know who you are, but it's just to say thanks for the show. And it's been happening for years, and, and I'd be so grateful when, when I get them. 1850-715-996. Let's say hello to this man. I want to know, no, I actually want to do it at some stage. Jim, what is Zorbing? Good morning. Are you there? Jim's on, he was on one. Terry, he's gone, unfortunately. He was on line one, but he's dropped off on me. Let's get back to those, those messages. Yeah, the secret Santa that happens with the students is worse. Kids in school doing secret Santa among themselves, buying for each other. My kids are coming home asking for 50 euro vouchers for their secret Santa. The pressure is immense. I don't think the teachers or schools even know it's happening. And Sue says gifts were banned in my school back in the 80s in Canada as not all families could afford to give a gift to the teacher. And just briefly before I move on, I mentioned earlier on about talking to someone and if you're in a low place or a lonely place, you know, and particularly at this time of the year and the best gift we can give anybody is the gift of ourselves and our time. But this message, my daughter was put on the, the waiting list for the acute psychological care in the Erinville. A month and a half later, still no appointment. Talk to who? There's no appointment. 1850 Right. What, Jim, what is... Well, it, I've, I, I know what it looks like. I want to do it. But what is Zorbing? Good morning to you. How are you, PJ? How are you? What is Zorbing? Uh, Zorbing is the sport of rolling down a hill in a transparent rubber ball, basically. <laughs> you, <Either, laughs> you lunatic! <laughs> you're just plenty of them down here, PJ, boy. <laughs> and you saw this where? Uh, New Zealand. Right. Back in 2007. So you decided to bring it to West Cork? Uh, yeah, back in 2011, I came home and we were looking for something to do there for a stag party. We didn't, it, it wasn't around, around this part of the country and uh, it was above and there at the time, but it didn't work out. And uh, I'd have been landing to Manway there. It was hilly. It was perfect for Zorbing. Plenty, plenty going around to Manway there would be perfect for Zorbing. But um, yeah, we just got a ball in and we just went from there. We built the track and yeah, that was it. We we paintballing there as well. We were a good, good spot for paintballing, about 10 acres. So, but uh yeah, it's good. Good crack. There's two versions, PJ. You get harnessed into one version, version with another person, and then there's another version where you put water into the ball and you sit in the water with up to two other people and you go down the same hit. Oh, and you are a world record holder. That's right, yeah. At the moment, am I? For what? Uh, <laughs> uh, for the fastest 100 metres on flat ground. 
um, we have the record at 23 second or 23.25 seconds. Yeah, and who held the world record before you broke it? Another uh, presenter like yourself, um, a fellow, uh, Freddie Flintoff. All right, was cricketer, a, wasn't he in his time? That's right, yeah, fairly yeah. handy cricketer, apparently. Um, I wouldn't know much about cricketing, yeah. myself, but <laughs> he, he used to be a, a top care presenter and he's in the uh, League of the Rowan as well, is it? So, you got into your Zorb, or your ball, it's a Zorb, is it? Yeah, yeah, and, right. yeah, that's it. And you got in, and you had 100 metres to go, and you you started rolling, and you tried to roll the 100 metres. Do you get yeah. motion sickness? Uh, I suppose some people would, but I didn't. You wouldn't really, it depends on how fast you can get the ball moving from a, a stationary position, to be honest. Like, the, the ball starts behind the line, the whistle goes the minute it's over the line, and then... It's finished. It goes again when the, the ball is over the other line, 100 metres. So the faster you run in it, the less time you spin on the ground. Do you get a push on. off? No, you're not allowed. Not stationary position. You're not allowed any any help at all. Like even the winds, you're you're you have to do it under a certain wind direction, right. stuff like that. Right. Um, so you literally start from from a standing start. You start to run inside in the ball. Is that it? Yeah. You just run. You can use your hands to propel it forward, and I suppose the, the less time you're actually standing in the ball the faster you're going to get because your weight will slow it down basically so how, do you, how do you keep it under control and there's hardly a steering wheel in this thing like. no no well you just hope that you will it, it's pretty difficult to hold there's an entrance in it so you kind of have to keep away from that so you you, uh, you fall out you? with your legs could you fall out uh, you could fall out right yeah there is a risk like uh, when I was practicing before, before that before we actually broke the record the, the whole came under me so I had to keep jumping over it you know and at one stage my, and my knee went out of the, the ball but you look where are we didn't end up in any hospital or anything but um, I'd be yeah, half afraid it, if you hit a pothole with the men on the show yesterday hit a pothole and destroyed his car you're sure I don't know the old county councillor on the men are pretty good for that crack <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I really really want to try it do you I do jeez we could organise that PJ by <laughs> I do. Like, I'd, I'd love to actually do it. Like where we did it, there was it was actually running uphill for about a foot, right? So, like, the, if you'd flatter ground, the, the, the better, right? You're going to go faster. But I'd love to do it on a gap pitch, no? But even Patrick Street, I don't know the, the gradient of Patrick Street, but uh, I'd love to do it there now during. Uh, and how do you day. how do you stop it? Like, I mean, if you get into an affair old lake, how do you stop it? You there's a couple of ways, but the way I stopped it the day I did it is you just dive. You just dive onto the ball and uh, it'll slow down then, whereas you can really just slow, d- slow it down by, by running slower. You're just going to trip over, basically. <laughs> and working so, up around Patrick's Hill, you'd hardly start up there by Bruce College and roll down, would you? Oh, jeez, I don't know. That'd be risky enough. I'd probably do the hydro version. If you had water in it and you were sitting in the water, you'd probably come down Patrick Street, right? <laughs> lifting. You'd be lifting, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about being harnessed into it or running down it. To be honest, you want to be a fit man. I don't know who would get I'd say you would. Yeah, yeah. Fitter than me, anyway. Someone. No, it just looks like so much fun. Yeah, it's good crack. It is good crack. It takes it out, you know. You'll be you'll be fairly wrecked after because the ball is about, I think they're about eighty five kgs. So like you're kind of pushing that forward the whole time. Um, and your own weight in inside it, so you want to be, you know, fit enough. Yeah. Some bit in it. And you know the, the Guinness Book of Records, like, do they send someone over to watch you and all that? Um, they could have, right? It's, it gets expensive if you want to go down that road. So I think it's about five grand. They'll send someone over and they do all the thing and they put in the application and then 
you know more or less straight away if you if you won it or not. But what we did just to keep it cheaper, we I just uh, got a couple of referees, old um, couple of Richie Richie Collins there, an old uh, the West Cork referee, and uh, Jack uh, Forbes. He'd be an old uh, young uh, guy referee. We did two of them in the day. Yeah. So um, to a referee neither in, we'd a drawn, we'd a GoPro, and we'd a couple of a uh, couple of uh, camera phones in it. Next up, I'm thinking. Next stop, Zorbing on Love Island or something. It just sounds like fun here. Be a celebrity. <laughs> Would you believe you can actually get a harness, right? That'll right. go on to, around the ball and you can pull it in the back of a board if you want to. <laughs> that, I've never did it. I, I've never even seen it being offered, but you can do it, I suppose, commercially. It'll be impossible to get it insured. But, um, yeah, it'll be good crack. Some other time, maybe. Some old school. They probably won't list it at the moment, though, but we'll do it after the pandemic. I have to try it. I have to try it after the Please pandemic. Please, I'd, I'd love you, Cam, though. <laughs> If you were up against someone else, no, I don't know what age you are, but no PJ. I'm not telling you either. <laughs> <laughs> well, we try and get a fellow similar enough and we put you up against them or something like that, Sean. You'd hardly say it, you know, like. But Terry already says you're taking that day off, so. It was <laughs> <laughs> Zim, listen, good luck. C- congratulations on the world record. Yeah, and it just sounds like thanks. something to do when we can get our lives back and we can go down to West Cork and have a bit of crack with this. I would yeah, love to. God. Yeah, keep us in mind. All right, let's we'll start out. No bother. All right, right. World, world record holder Jim Zorbing. It's just like look it up on YouTube. It just is so much fun. 1850-715-996 The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM With Lehan Motors Leading the way for Toyota hybrids The place to order your 211 Toyota See lehanmotors.ie This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan Text or WhatsApp now 0833969696 On Cork's 96FM as I look out the window uh, of course, Broadcasting House here and it is a lasher of a morning an absolute beautiful morning out there. Hard to believe that in 12 hours or less we're facing into a horrible evening and a very, very difficult morning for local businesses with flood warnings etc. Met Aaron have upgraded Cork now to an orange warning, a status orange Warning. David Joyce is Director of Operations with the City Council with regards to floods and other such matters. David, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. And thank you for making time for us. I know you've got a busy morning. You've just come out of a meeting. What is the update? Okay, so the update is that we are still predicting a significant tidal flood tomorrow morning. We have engaged with Met Aaron and spoke to their forecasters. They are not predicting any reduction in what was being predicted predicted yesterday. So we are expecting, unfortunately, a very, very similar event to what we experienced on the 20th of October of this year. This is brought around by a combination of a tide and the wind going in a particular direction. Exactly. We are experiencing spring high astronomical tides this week, which would be a high tide anyway. But on top of that, because of the storm front coming off the Atlantic and the strong gale force southerly and southeasterly winds coming uh, up over the southerly coast, in addition to the spring tides, we also have an extra half to three quarters of a metre of storm surge. And that is what's going to cause the significant increase in the level of the tide and unfortunately the flooding tomorrow morning. OK, so people need to start preparing now. Yes, what we've been doing is we've been advising people that they need to take proactive action. They need this evening 
when they're closing up their business or when they're going to bed tonight, if you live in one of the areas in the city centre that is prone to flooding, that was flooded back in October, you need to erect your flood barriers this evening. You need to have them in place. The event is going to happen at 20 past six tomorrow morning. Flooding will start from about 5 a.m., so people need to get their barriers in tonight and make sure that they are secure. It was very, very clear last time in October that the premises that had put up their flood barriers, that had adequately protected their businesses, had no flooding and were able to open very, very quickly after the flooding event. I suppose that is an important point that we want to get out there. This is a tidal flood, which means it's a quick, short, sharp, severe event. So we expect that the city would be fully open by 9am tomorrow morning. But as I said, the height of the tide is 20 past six. So anybody who was planning to come to the city tomorrow to do shopping, we can confirm and guarantee that the city will be open tomorrow. Because that was one thing about the last day. It receded almost as quickly as it happened. That, that will happen again in the morning. Yes, exactly. We're big, because there is because of the the, the the nature of the tides and the direction of the wind, we are very very satisfied, and we've confirmed this with Met Aaron this morning that the tide will go out quite quickly. So high tide being twenty past six, within an hour by twenty past seven, a lot of the water should be gone. Most certainly by eight a.m., you should have the city back to pretty much normal. And we would be encouraging anybody who is planning to come to the city. There'll be absolutely no problems. There'll be on street parking and off street parking available across the city tomorrow morning. What about the availability? of things like sandbags, David, for businesses and indeed for homeowners in flood-affected areas? Is there a supply yeah. of sandbags to be had? We, we have gel sacks that are available. They're available from two separate locations until eight a.m. Sorry, until 6 p.m. this evening. They are available from our um, Tremor Valley Park depot and also our drainage depot in Anglesey Terrace. So either of those two locations, people can go and collect gel bags. The beauty about a gel bag is they're much smaller. They're, they're dry gel so you can, you know, the five or six in a small little box, you can take them away and you then put them into water. They bulk up and then that is what you use to, to protect your, your business. A lot of people also have the metal barriers that come down um, and, you know, they're an excellent form of flood protection. But you need to make sure that you install them correctly. You need to make sure that you tighten the bolts. It's not just good enough to put them up. You need to tighten the bolts to create the seal so that the water can't get in. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, something the last time we remember as well, people were told not to come in until maybe 10 o'clock if they didn't have to. That won't apply tomorrow. No, we're happy that from 9 o'clock people can come into the city. What we would be saying is that we would advise people not to park their car overnight on the low-lying keys on the streets that are potentially liable for flooding because obviously last time some people did unfortunately leave their cars on streets like South Mall overnight and those cars did end up with uh, water around them. So we would be advising people not to leave their car parked in the low-lying areas of the city overnight, um, but there's no problems coming to the city tomorrow. And the other point I'd make is if anybody does experience any issues and does need to contact the city council, we will have our call centre open from early in the morning. We're opening it up early before the event. And the number so is? 492-4000. That's 021-492-4000. Very good. And that'll be open from what time, David? That'll be open from 6am tomorrow morning. 6am, okay. And just briefly, can you run through, I know we've probably all done it a hundred times, could you run through the main areas that people need to take action? So it's anywhere from the areas around South Terrace, uh, Rutland Street, Sawmill Street, South Mall, Union Quay, Lavitz Quay, Lord Landmire Road, Shorman Crawford Street, Wansford Quay, Oliver Plunker Street, all the side streets off Oliver Plunker Street, all of Morrison's Island, 
So those type of areas that are normally part of the city that flood at a high tide. Okay, so if you're in any of those areas and you've had flooding before, you will have it again in the morning. So take action now is the instruction. Exactly. All right. Okay. Thanks very much for your time this morning. That's David Joyce, Director of Services at City Hall. So it'll be a tidal flood, 6.20. It will have receded and all by opening time. So take precautions, get get your, they have sandbags at two depots or gel packs at two depots and they will have a special emergency call centre opened in the morning from 6am 021-492-4000 021-492-4000 Here is hoping against hope that tomorrow morning on the opinion line we won't be talking to someone whose business has been devastated because they will hopefully have gotten their precautions in get your retaliation in first was the old rugby saying from long ago, get your retaliation in first. Here's hoping, here's hoping against hope that it all goes off without much damage. On Zorbing, Gary says you can still Zorb here in New Zealand. Always big queues to have a go. Ah, yeah, you see in New Zealand, Gary, you can queue for things now. And you can go and do things now because they got the whole COVID right, didn't they, Gary? Thanks, Gar. Uh, Viv, <laughs> if you went down Patrick's Hill in that big ball, you'd end up in the river, be taken out the mouth of the harbour. The last we'll see of you is going south. You'll end up in the Bay of Biscay. <laughs> I can see that, yeah. Okay. Then there's a kind of a thing after starting on Twitter of people trying to put this image together in their heads of myself. Fergal and Terry in three zorbing balls going down Patrick's Hill. Now, Terry is saying no in my ear. <laughs> I'm thinking no, that, that, that might be overdoing it a small bit. Overdoing it. I don't think Terry's too keen on, on these big stunty things, no? We'll have to get you into some kind of a thing in the new year. You've no idea. We'll rope you into something. 1850 Now, Sharon is in uh, Feed Cork. And you only do the one fundraiser in the year, isn't that right, Sharon? And it's running at the moment. Hi PJ, yeah, we usually um, just go out on the street in December and we just do hot chocolate, play music and, you know, the people at Cork are so generous and yeah. we always, you know, have one good fundraiser in the year but like everybody else, uh, we're on virtual this year so we've just decided to do 12 days of giving and, and I know there's a strain on a lot of people's pockets but uh, we're just hoping that those who can will support us because, you know, the food bank won't be closed um, we still operate, we've operated 52 weeks last year and we're going to do it again this year. So why we won't we won't get the food that we usually get from the feed programme. The yeah. food cloud closes for two weeks. Okay. So we just purchase for those two weeks. Okay. You know, so... Um, and you need the funds to help you do that. Well, that's now and of course we're running a van and all the other things you do, you know, when you're running something like this. How, I mean, how busy you, is it, Sharon? Oh, PJ, it's so busy, you know, and we do everything by appointment. And there are some weeks I say to people, you know, would you mind not coming this week and come next week? It's the fairest way we can do to kind of get everybody in. You know, we only operate two days in the week. We operate on Wednesday by appointment where people walk up and we have a drive through on Thursday. So if someone can get a lift or whatever, and that's better as well. We, we can do that because... Uh, you know, there's so many people in need. There's there's no kind of um, particular type of person who's in need. I mean, we've seen it grew by about 30 to 40% in March when we went into the first pandemic. 
And, you know, that really hasn't changed so much so that we ended up, thanks for the God, we got a place below in Bandon. Uh, I mean, we had people coming up from West Cork, so we're delighted now to have Bandon open and that's been run um, on a Thursday afternoon just for an hour. But again, everything is by appointment, you know. Where can people see the little video that you've done? It's actually, it's all on Facebook. So if they could like and share it, even if they can't donate, that's absolutely fine. You know, like eight euros will feed a family for three to four days. You know, that's, and I mean, you could, you know, if people want to do it monthly, you know, that can make a massive difference. So whatever people can afford. And I mean, PJ, fair play to you. I know you have lots of stuff going on yourself, but this is a great platform for charities and you've let so many people uh, have the opportunity you've given me. So I know, always, always happy to, to do something. Mm. We, we we're inundated with stuff, as as I you know, say. But look, you know. always happy something like that to keep people keep people fed. Is it eight euro is enough to feed a family for a couple of days? For three to four days, because really, I suppose what you want is you want to supplement people's food. Um, you want to supplement people's food. You don't want people to be dependent on it if you can help it. So that's why supplementing it for a few days is a good idea. Um, then there's there's another like three euros a day will give a child school um, after school fuel, which is like food that a child can take home at the weekend. Okay. So yes. be they snacks or whatever, there could be a, you know something they can heat in the microwave because you know for whatever reason, I mean people's mental health has never been affected as much as it is now. You yes. know, I, I I think the first lockdown it was okay, the weather was good, we got out, but this time I think I see everyone is challenging myself to be honest, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but the second one was much harder because we it is, yeah. the, the, the the daylight was gone, the weather yeah. was gone. Yeah, exactly. And everybody was just I just felt I could see it here. Even I couldn't wait. I put up my Christmas decorations the middle of November. I mean, I usually put them up after the eighth, but I just said, you know, that's it. Now they're going up. I just needed to brighten the place up. <laughs> exactly. You know, bit of so, um, a, a bit of um, a bit of cheer. No bother. Exactly. And it's, it's feed, feed Cork is the Facebook page. Feed is it? Cork is the Facebook page, and uh, yeah, there's plenty of, and it's a very quick and easy way to donate. If right. I donate, it comes straight to us. All right, so Sharon, thanks keep, a million. keep up the great work that you and Hemp and the others are doing down there. Feed Cork on their Facebook page. You'll see the little video and it's up to you whether you donate or not. It's up to you. We won't be leaving your name out of a card if you don't, like some people would. But I wanted to give them an opportunity. And there's lots of people sending stuff into us uh, looking for an opportunity to get 30 seconds on the air or just get a mention or a read. And I promise you, we will do as many as we can, but we can't do them all. So we will do as many as we possibly can, and we'll vary it as much as we possibly can. But particularly in the run-up, we have got, after today, we have got seven shows left uh, until Christmas Eve. Probably six, because Christmas Eve is a very special show. So we've got probably six shows left. That's Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, and Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, to get your mentions in for whatever it is that you want to do uh, over the Christmas for charity. Something else that occurred to me, actually, in the last day or two, as I was thinking and planning for the week ahead, the the long pucks and other such events like that, they probably won't be able to go ahead this year. Uh, Christmas Day swims or anything like that probably won't be able to go ahead this year, so there is, and if there's anything that you traditionally do on Christmas time, Christmas Day, Stephen's Day, whatever that you've been doing for years, that unfortunately either isn't going ahead or is going ahead in a different way, uh, let us know. Opinion at 96fm.ie, or indeed you can email me, PJ at 96fm.ie.
The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. The Takeover. On Cork's 96FM. Weeknights from 7 on the Big Drive Home. We give you the chance to take charge of our tunes. Join me, Lorraine, as you decide what songs we fire up. What we play with Cork Dental Care. Take the first step to smiling with confidence. See CorkDentalCare.com. You pick what we play. See our song list on 96FM Insta Stories. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 996. On Cork's 96FM. Quick mention, happy to see that the Shaky Bridge, Daly's Bridge, or the Shaky Bridge, is to open the weekend. People were wondering, would it be open again for Christmas? It will. It'll be open again Saturday the 19th of December, reading from Cork Bio. Its, it's name is Daly's Bridge, in honour of John Daly, who was a, a merchant prince in Cork. He made his money out of milk, and he helped to build it. Back in the 1920s. Uh, that's according to um, historian Kieran. Oh, God. Uh, his, Kieran McCarthy. Thank you, Terry. Kieran McCarthy, the city councillor, who's also a historian. Uh, and so that's reopening again this weekend. It's called the Shaky Bridge with an E, as in not S H A K Y. But it's S-H-K-E-Y, which is uniquely Cork. It's as uniquely Cork as tripe and sheen or skirts and kidneys. The Shaky Bridge opening again on the 19th of December. And I can just imagine what I will hear is it doesn't shake anymore. I hope it does shake. Because that was the whole attraction to the thing. The Shaky Bridge is supposed to shake. 1850 I happened to remark last week, I was driving in here one evening to do some work and in the studio and I noticed all of the houses lit up like they've never been lit up before. People have really gone to a massive effort over the last uh, few weeks to get a bit of cheer in for the Christmas and there is not a light to be had in the shops as far as I'm being told. Not a light to be had. If you haven't got them by now, you're not getting them. Because people like Robert Falvey have them all bought. He is one of the finalists in a national competition to be Ireland's most Christmassy home. And Robert, the video is very, very impressive. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. When did you start setting them up? Patrick's Day? Uh, No, not quite that early. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I, I do start typically on the October weekend. So that's about the 24th of October, I think. Yeah. Whereabouts is the house? We'd know it, I think, because we passed it before. Yeah, it's down by the Commons Bar. Ah, so, that one. Yeah. You, that some one. of them are up permanently, aren't they? No, 
No, everything goes up, everything comes up. Does it really? It does indeed. Because passing the house, you would think that's... I, 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 the walls are prepared for them, I'd say, aren't they? You, oh, you, absolutely. They go up the same place every year. You would see the little clips on the walls and stuff like that, yeah. yeah. You're doing that a while. I am, about 13 years now, it's a... What's well, there? It, it, it's not been this big for 13 years. It, it began, like most things, small. Yeah. <laughs> when, when my first daughter was born. Um, 13 years ago and we put up you know set of rope lights and a little inflatable right outside the door and uh, we just kept adding to it over the years and bits and pieces and yeah it's it's kind <laughs> of getting a bit <laughs> bigger than just the few bits how many sets of lights have you up there now? oh god I wouldn't like to count um, I wouldn't like to count yeah. you're easily looking at 100 the only, the only one that I am keeping a little track on is the amount of tie wraps it uses. And uh, I know I'm well over 3,000, 4,000 tie wraps. I think it's a You mean like cable ties and stuff? Oh my God. Yeah, cable yeah, ties, yeah. So you have 4,000 of them? Yeah. yeah. Good God. It really is a labour of love. It is, yeah, it is. I mean, look, you know, the whole purpose for doing it is just for the kids, you know. I mean, it's just to see their faces, you know, when they turn everything on and they love it, like, you know. So, like, we have four kids now, so each one of them love it. And uh, even going back to last January when I was taking them down, you know, you know, when you're taking stuff down, you wouldn't be in the best of it. And I happened to say to uh, Olivia, uh, my second oldest daughter, I said, you know, no, I said, next Christmas, no. I don't think I'll put up half the lights, you know. And Jesus, I got murdered. <laughs> Where do you keep them all? Uh, out the back. <laughs> I had to build. <laughs> I had to build a shed from. <laughs> you actually had to build. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they take up a heck of a lot of space. I'd so say. There's, there's stuff all over attics, and there's stuff inside in uh, inside in the makeshift shed that I built out the back. So. Uh, but it's fine because it, it comes down in order and it goes up in order. Right, so you have uh, it down to a fine art, do you? Yeah, pretty much, you know. Um, like, I, I think in total, uh, I was putting it up there, was it yesterday or the day before? I think about 13 solid days is what it takes to put them up. Um, yeah, so about, I think it works out about 110 hours in total. And I can, I used to be able to have the whole lot stripped down, gone, put away in a day. But it is about day and a half, two days now at this stage to oh, make yeah. everything done. Yeah, yeah. And of course, then you you put them up and you plug them in, and there's one bulb gone. Oh, that, but that doesn't happen anymore, does it? So, them- uh, not so much with LEDs, but the 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 one thing that I did have is when energy were coming out actually to to video and take the pictures and stuff. You know, they were they were due to come uh, last Wednesday at around you know half five ish, hmm. and. Um, I got a phone call from herself around four o'clock. Um, you might need to come home. I said, boy, she said, half the lights aren't on. So last Wednesday it was torrential rain. So it managed to trip out half the lights in the front of the house. So in the lashing rain, I had to head straight home. And uh, I just about got all the lights on for half eight. And thanks be to God, the photographer and the video company were... Um, were yeah. delayed and they came around 25 to 9. Speaking, so, speaking of <laughs> tripping tripping things, like you must have in these days of heavy duty regulation, you must have, they have, they got, have they got their own PCB board or their own they MC? Do. They have two. Yeah, two they, boards. Yeah, they have their own boards and uh, I'm also running them then off uh, heating timers, switches. 
So uh, yeah, I'd say you do. Have... I'd say that the postman has a bad back carrying the ESB <laughs> bill up the drive at the end of January. <laughs> he used to. He used to. But believe it or not, no, because you know, over the years, especially over the last maybe four or five years, a lot of what we're putting up, um, I, I try to keep it to LEDs, and they hardly um, use any juice. No, yeah. they're not too bad. Like. Obviously, the, the ESP bill does spike up a bit, but yeah. no, nowhere near as much as what it used to, um, you know, when you'd have the, the uh, used to have maybe 15, 20, maybe even 30 sets of rope lights at one time out, out yeah. the front of the house. Um, but they eat electricity. Um, but just due to necessity of that stuff dying and new stuff coming in, yeah. then all the newer stuff naturally progressed to uh, LEDs. So yeah, you yeah. know, it's 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 great. And they're they're easier to deal with as well because they they they're not so delicate and and, and all no, that. No, exactly. Yeah, a, a lot of what I have, it's it's kind of the more robust stuff that, that you would see on shop fronts. Ah, it, yeah. You know, you have to go just a little bit heavier because. Pulling and dragging and, and being delicate with lights. No. You're in line to win this competition now, and uh, people can vote for you. We'll tell them where in a minute. But the, the, there's a €6,000 for charity should it come in. Yes. Should you win? Have you a charity in mind? or? I do. Um, the charity that we have in mind is the, um, the Levana Centre. Brilliant. Brilliant people. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're going over. 50 years they've they've um, a few places they just built the one up in Curraheen yeah um, but they've some great services for children and um, adults with physical disabilities um, they've anything I think they've upwards now at the moment of over 600 children and families in Cork they're looking after you know so look it's, it's it is a really really great well, charity you know? well once you told me the location I, I know the house and I must drive out for a look over the next couple of days because, in fairness, you always do a fabulous job. If people want to go and vote, they go onto the energia.ie website and forward slash IMCH vote. IMCH standing for Ireland's most Christmassy home. So energia.ie IMCH hyphen vote and see if we can get this prize uh, home to Cork for you. The, uh, Great to see the house up and lighting again. It's brilliant, and even if it do, even if it doesn't win, it's an absolute corker of a place. Thank you very much. That's Robert Falvey from Blackpool. You know the house. You do know the house. If you drive out towards the Commons, heading out say towards Mallow, it's not far there from the HGW. But it it stands out like the whole house just stands. In fact, I'd say that sometimes nearly have to tell the planes coming in to watch out for that. It's just. Brilliant. There's another one. There's a few of them around, actually. A few spectacular ones. We might have our own little, with no prize, of course, we might have our own little um, photo photo competition here. If you know a particularly great house, tell us where it is. Tell us who has it. Send us a pic or a video. We'd love to see them. But Robert's one will take some beating. There's a brilliant one out there near the big roundabout on the way into Ballincollig. And there's a few down near, there's a few in Cove. And there's a couple of them down near Carrigaline. Line. They really have pulled all the stops out this year. And great to see it. But if you want to vote for Robert, you can go to energia.ie forward slash IMCH vote. And all the videos and all the pics are up on our Twitter as well. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. 
We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM with your local mace counting down to Christmas and serving you for 60 years and counting. Cork's 96FM. Do you want to hear the most 2020 show of his story? Go for it. You know the singer Meatloaf? Yeah. Meatloaf's gone vegan. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, you wonder what he's collapsing. He's going to call himself Nut Roast now, isn't he? Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I always thought his music was corny. Casey and Ross in the morning with Noel DC Cars Blackpool celebrating the arrival of the new Skoda Octavia. Book your test drive now at noeldc.com. Exclusively Skoda in Cork City. Cork's 96 I think Mags wins. Twitter for the day on the opinion line. She says himself just walked into the kitchen and caught the end of a conversation where PJ said, I hope it still shakes. It's supposed to shake. And he was like, what the hell are you listening to? It was about the shaky bridge. Thanks, Mags. He gave us a laugh to finish out the morning. The programme edited by Terry Brennan, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. We'll talk to you tomorrow just after nine. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.